Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. is just far enough from my phone that it keeps on disconnecting and connecting. So I'm just going to put it away. <laughs> Get rid of those distractions. Alrighty. Uh, I don't have a, it's, it's hopefully not too long this word that we can have time for prayer. Um, let's just read Psalm uh, 126. Just the context Excuse me briefly, the, most scholars agree that this was written by either Ezra or one of his contemporaries as the, the nation of Israel were returning from Babylonian captivity. And what happened is they'd been there for years, like 70 odd years, and they'd, so it's been more than one generation, you know, and what's now been happening is People have been returning to Jerusalem, but not everybody at once. So some had returned, but some were still in Babylon. And um, just yeah, to get a bit of context here. Okay, from verse 1. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. And um, the way it's written here, and I've read a bunch of different translations, it the wording is a bit funny, but it, it talks about God bringing them back. And then, it, and then there's this prayer for those that are not back yet. Okay, so we'll get to that a bit later. But, um, uh, yeah, so this is such a powerful picture of not only what was happening to the nation of Israel there at the time, but also of what happens in our lives when we come to Christ. Um, when we are born again... He's the one that delivers us. I mean, He's the one that frees us from the, not only the, uh, you know, the punishment of sin. He's not only delivers us from that, but He also delivers us from the power of sin. Amen. And then also in eternity, He will deliver us from the presence of sin. So that's what happens in that process when we are born again and, you know, we are set free. Um... But I've just been wrestling through a few challenges around this because there's, there's such a real battle still, even as we are following Christ, the battles that we fight, amen, stuff that we have to wrestle with. That, that image that uh, for me is a good uh, you know, description is the battle has been won. Um, the one army has triumphed over the other army, right? But then the, what happens is the actual property, the ground, the land that has been um, conquered now has to be occupied. Okay, So you can't just 
win the battle and then say, okay, shop, it's all good. We have to actually go and take possession of every part of that land. Does that make sense? And In our own lives, it's often exactly like that. The battle is won through the blood of Jesus. At the cross, the battle is won. But we need to take possession. We need to occupy every part of the territory that God has won for us, right? And that, that is not a, a once-off and a, it's not a, a one-day thing. I mean, so I want to just have a look at a, a couple of concepts around this um, and to look at, yeah, I'll just, just go through this psalm specifically. Um, one thing that happens sometimes when we think about freedom and we think about our freedom in Christ, you know that scripture about when the sun sets you free. Who knows that scripture? Can you, what does it say? Let's go, let's go to that one. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. <laughs> so we love this one, right? So if the sun sets you free, you're truly free. We quote this a lot, and we pray it a lot, and it's, it's amazing. But this is one of those scriptures that if we don't read what is before it, it kind of, Missed the, we missed the point quite badly. Um, and the clue here is the so, but we don't quote the so, right? We normally just say, if the sun. Uh, so let's have a look at the next one. What's, oh, there's another one actually uh, just, just before this that also that we like to quote a lot. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Okay, we quote that one. This is a little bit more intense because it says something about knowing the truth. So often we leave that bit out as well, because that sounds, sounds like work, knowing the truth. Sounds like something we have to do. <laughs> so we, we, the truth will set you free. That's, that's nice. We'll, we'll keep that bit, right? <laughs> um, okay, so some, but this is, this is a bit more intense, because, yeah, there's a premise. If we, you, will know, you will know the truth, so, and then the truth will set you free. So there's something that has to happen before the truth will set you free. A friend of mine always used to say, well, I don't actually know who, who he was quoting, but he says, and you will know the truth, and first it will make you miserable, and then it will make you free. <laughs> so he's saying a lot of the time when we hear the truth, it makes us miserable, because we recognize, oh, I don't agree with God, or <laughs> something in my life does not agree with God. or you know, there's, So there's the miserable bit sometimes in between there. And I get to know the truth, and then the truth will set you free. But let's look at the bit before this, which kind of gives it a bit more context of what Jesus is saying here from verse, from verse 31. Okay, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. All right, so there's some more premise here. If we remain faithful to his teachings, and you will know the truth. So as we remain faithful to his teachings, and there is the challenge. We spoke about this in a small group on Wednesday a little bit. In terms of the dynamic of us walking in obedience to what Jesus has told us to do, He's, you know, following him in obedience, and that leads to us knowing the truth and the truth setting us free. Amen. 
So, I, actually, this, this is like three sermons in one, okay, so just bear with me. So, the challenge here is that often we, we come to Christ, we are born again, we have definitely have an encounter with Him, and in a couple of months or years down the line, we, we wrestle with something because it's like, why is there still stuff in my life that's not godly? Why is this in my, why is this still, why am I still wrestling with these things? <laughs> if we just quit this thing, the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. Like, why, why is it not like that in my life? And then we miss the, <laughs> this whole thing of, okay, we need to follow, we need to actually obey, we need to hear what he's saying to us, we need to obey what he's, you know, his, his teachings, and we will need to grasp the truth, and then the truth sets us free. And then, indeed, we will we'll walk in that freedom. We will occupy that freedom for which Christ has set us free. Amen? Are you with me? So, yes, the battle is won, and it's there. The freedom is available. The Lord's not holding anything back, but there's a bit of a walking in it that is required. Um, and, yeah, so I want to get to the other stuff as well, but so just maybe one or two things. So he, he delivers us from all everything around sin, but there's so much more that the enemy wants to kind of get hold of us in, uh, you know. And one of the things that I've just just seen recently again that I've been reading this book from from Wim Derrick from LL. I'm actually asking. We've got a few that we can sell, so I'll bring them over. But uh, really challenging. But one of the things he says there is he talks about unconfessed sin. And he says, if we, it's one thing if there's, if there's a one-off thing that happens and we're like, we're and we like repent and we move on. But the, if there's a repet, rep, rep, repetitive cycle of sin, which is not, which is still in secret, what we do is we give the enemy, we give the devil, right again on that piece of land in my life. Does it make sense? So I'm, every time I'm, I'm, I'm continuing in that pattern of sin, or, you know, it could be a pattern of, you know, anger or stuff that, is, that doesn't please God, but when it, I, mean, I keep it in darkness, I, I keep on giving the enemy a legal place, a foothold, we call it, in my life. And unfortunately, because of pride, because of stuff that, you know, we think, oh, I don't want to talk about this at small group because I've been saved now a couple of years and surely, surely I shouldn't struggle with this stuff anymore. You know, then the pride comes in. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> and that's what the enemy wants, right? If we can keep you from walking in the light, if we can keep us from walking in the light, then he's happy because we, we, he keeps that place that foothold in our hearts and in our lives. Um, actually, this one scripture that I, that I don't have on the slide, I'm going to quickly read. <laughs> Let's leave it there. 1 John. Uh, okay. I had it there on my phone, but let's read it here. 1 John 1. Verse 7. Got it. 
But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And there's another place in James we talk about confessing your sins one to another. Guys, this is, this is hard. Because we don't want to talk about this stuff with other believers. Surely, you know, we're so spiritual and deep and in the spirit that we, we feel, I can't share this stuff because people will judge me or they will think badly of me. And that's exactly where the enemy wants us to be. That place of, I don't know, I'll, I'll sort this out on my own. And then what happens is he, he keeps that hold. Because that's the power of this if sin is in its secrecy. And the problem is that as we wrestle with it in secret, we're not walking in the light, we're not humbling ourselves, we're not letting, we're walking in pride. Pride, you know, God says, I resist the proud. So there's this, this, this cycle. Uh, we don't op- we're not opening our hearts for the grace of God. So this cycle continues. Um, and one great example of this, and I just feel we need to pray for this at the end as well. One great example is, is offense, right? The scripture talks about us taking up offense as a, as a trap. The enemy sets a trap for us. He puts bait in there. Have you seen how a proper trap works? You catch animals in. You put something in there that the animal likes. Like my children set a trap for the thunder mace the other night. It's like me. When the, supposedly the thing is supposed to bring money, right? Why do you want to catch this? Anyway, <laughs> so they, um, anyway, let's not get distracted. They put cheese in there and stuff. Anyway, so I try to explain to them, you, mustn't, you must be, keep, maintain a healthy relationship with the Tanamase. Otherwise, yeah, anyway. So, obviously, the older two are like, whatever. You know, the younger one is doubtful whether this is really true. But in any case, just having some fun. So, there's a trap. The enemy puts the bait there, and then he traps us. And in the scripture there, that actually says, and we are taken captive by the enemy to do his will. Now, that is not a good place to be. Because the, what he does is the bait he puts in there is self-righteousness. That, that bait is somebody has done something against me or I'm hurt, or somebody's hurt me and I, I, have a le- I feel I have a legitimate right to be upset with this person. Okay, But the problem is it doesn't stop there. I feel I have a legitimate reason for me to be angry and bitter and uh, and that and that means I've, I'm taking that bait because it's, it feels all good and right. Because I know this is wrong, this person is wrong, and what they've done against me is wrong, so now I am legitimately feeling angry and upset and bitter towards him. Are you with me? So that's the bait. And we take it, and it feels right. It even sometimes feels spiritual, because surely it's in the Bible. They shouldn't be doing this stuff. When you look again, I've taken the bait and I'm, I'm holding on to that thing. And uh, I don't have time to teach a long time about this, but that stuff, that kind of unforgiveness, that kind of offense, that kind of 
bitterness that it, it breeds, it builds up. And if, if we do not bring that into the light, if we do not have a safe place where we can share with a, a brother or a sister, say, yo, I just realized my, my boss uh, did this thing and um, I actually took up an offense. It's not, the offense isn't given, you know, it's, it's taken. I take it up. And, um, and that's such a powerful place. If we can pray with somebody, say, I've taken up, the, I've taken the bait and I'm realizing I'm, I'm now in danger of becoming trapped by the enemy if I'm not already. So I need to tell you this thing and I need to forgive this person. I need to pray through this thing. So I, so I can again take hold of that little piece of property that the enemy is trying to take in my life. Are you with me? So I can occupy that land again. Um, so often we, we are born again, yes. But we allow, through stuff like that, the enemy to take back little bits. And that kills intimacy with the Spirit. That, it just... Just that, it's just like, did you, have you played Risk before? Maybe if, if you haven't played Risk, then it won't, this example would help you. But it's this game where you, there's this, all the continents, and you, you get little, you put armies on the continents, and there's ways to build your army bigger, and then you, your army takes on the army next door, and you try to take over their country, etc. Um, with, um, Anyways, so the point is, you have to take, take over the whole country. There's a battle, you take over the whole country. Sometimes you kind of lose men both sides, and then there's only one little maniki left holding on, you know. And then, if you can't take over that little one maniki left over, that you still haven't taken the land. And what happens, the worst thing you can do is just leaving one maniki. Because then, the next round, they're going to come again and put the lots of armies there, and when you look again, they're going to take over your, your property. <laughs> so that's, that's, it feels to me that's what we do with the enemy. We just leave that one maniki there in this corner of my life that I don't want to talk about. This place of hurt or this place of this sin that I'm kind of just allowing there or this place of anger or maybe it's a place of unforgiveness. This thing, I'm just leaving that one maniki there. I'm not completely kicking him out. <laughs> And when I look again, there's an army there. It's wreaking havoc in my life. And stuff is happening. That little maniki has become a monster and is just gaining ground. Are you with me? And this, is, uh, this is good news I'm getting to. Just, just hang with me. <laughs> okay. And, um, and I want to encourage us. That, that place where we were born again is, is the start of a journey of taking the land that God has prepared for us and walking in the fullness of the freedom that He has prepared for us, that we would truly walk as His disciples, that we would truly follow His teachings, know the truth and allow the truth to set us free. But there's a dynamic there of, of humility and of walking in the light. And I, and I really believe the Lord is inviting us as a congregation back into that culture of walking in the light. In truth, uh, but the truth in love, man, that we can be straight with each other in, in, a, in a context of relationship where we trust one another. For instance, like a small group, etc. 
where you can know I love these people that I trust. They trust me. They love me. And I, I trust them to speak into my life so I can share stuff like that. Amen. Are you with me? So I, I, we'll probably minister a lot about, or some more about this over the coming months, but I really believe God is inviting us to that place. Okay. Let's have a look quickly, just one or two things um, around... Yes, so let's just read that second bit there. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. And then he explains a bit around that and says, If the Son sets you free, you are truly free. So the moment we continue in a repetitive pattern that we're unwilling to walk in the light in, that we're unwilling to confess before somebody else, we become again enslaved to that thing. So you might be having joy and victory in other parts of your life. You might be, to some extent, experiencing God and His presence, but don't allow that one money key, that one thing, because it's in time it will enslave you again. Um, and not, I'm not saying it will affect your eternal salvation. Maybe in time it will, but if you leave it there too long, if you tolerate that thing in your life, Tolerate the enemy stealing from you in that area. It's going to bring destruction. Okay, so there's an invitation for us to walk in the light. Okay, let's look at the rest of that psalm again. Okay, so he brought them back from captivity. We were like those who dream. And there's a bunch of different ways people read this, but if you look at it, the basic saying it was so unreal. It was like a dream. Something that they've been praying about for years, for generations. Something that they've been looking forward to for so long. And now it's happening. It was, it was like surreal. But it, it reminded me of something else um, that I want to mention. And we can pray about it at the end. But when you are in a place of being captive, it's difficult to dream about the future. And our Holy Spirit reminded me that when we in, allow ourselves to be leave that, you know, that affected by that one money key or we allow that thing in our lives, it's so difficult for us to dream with, with God about what He has prepared for us. I don't know if you can relate, but if you're struggling for survival, <laughs> it's difficult to dream. And that's not always sin. It, it can be circumstances can be stuff that we allow to weigh us down it can be just you know burdens and anxieties and fears that we allow in our thoughts and our hearts that keep us in a place where we can't dream where we can't have vision we can't receive vision from the holy spirit we can't receive dreams are you with me um so that's not the context here but as i was reading this the lord showed me this that it it's, he wants us to come to a place of freedom so that we can dream again with Him. So we can receive, you know those dreams that scare you, those things that the Holy Spirit puts in our heart, and you think, that's impossible. <laughs> How is that ever going to happen in my life? Those normally are the ones that are from God. I mean, those of you think, there's no way I can do this. Or the dream that God gives you for your family or for your company or for your workplace or whatever, the school where you are, that dream of His kingdom coming, when you think, wow, this is huge, this is, this is without God, this is never going to be possible, amen, then we know, okay, maybe this is from Him, 
He wants us to be in a place of freedom that we can dream. All right, let's go on. Then while our mouth was filled with law. Let's look at a couple of the, the um, things that we can look out for, the evidence, the fruit of walking in his freedom. There's a, our mouth was filled with laughter. I must say that's one thing about having children. You know, there can be chaos in the house, there can be stuff happening, but it's so cool to wake up with, with the sound of laughter and fun stuff happening and giggles and stuff like that. Um, it's such a joy in that. There's, our mouth is filled with laughter. So there's joy. There's a true joy that is difficult to describe when we are walking free from weights that have weighed us down for a long time. I mean, our tongue and our tongue with singing, there's praise. This thanksgiving that happens. This is what's happening here. They, they're proclaiming what God has done. There's laughter, there's joy, there's praise, there's singing happening. Thanksgiving, thanksgiving is happening. You know, people are giving thanks to God. And I'm really expecting for us to restore in us that culture of just being joyful about what God has done. I was so enjoying that first song we did, um, singing of what He has done. For us, and I love this that we can share testimonies because this is what God has done for us. The Lord has done great things for them, the Lord has done great things for us. So, that place of this is what God has done for me, for us. Um, but I want to point out this first. He says, The Lord has, it, they said, it says, then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. And this is interesting because when they were taken captive, it was a very public thing. Okay, this whole nation was destroyed, and then they were taken captive and taken to another nation. Okay, so all the nations around saw, oh, Israel got it bad. Clearly, the God's not with them type of thing. Uh, so it was a very public thing, a humiliation. And, a, and this happened, everybody around was kind of, yeah, you know, every, all their enemies were obviously rejoicing in their, in their downfall. But now it's the other way around. Now it says the Lord has, it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. So this thing that God has done was a testimony to all the nations around. Spoke of God's glory and His goodness towards His people. In a similar way, when we walk in freedom, so we, we're walking in, you know, we're following Christ, being obedient, we knowing the truth, we're grasping the truth, and we're walking in the truth, and the truth is setting us free. That is going to testify to everybody around you. Amen. It's going to proclaim, there's going to be a, a proclamation coming from your life. The Lord has done great things. And that's going to be a sign and a testimony to people around you, even when you're not aware. I've told this story a bunch of times, but I remember a friend, in, when I was still in Rays Varsity, when my, my life was seemingly falling apart, many things that I was trusting in were just kind of uh, coming apart at the seams. You know, I, I had to resign from the Air Force. I couldn't study anymore. Instead of a great salary, I was now having a lot of debt. Anyway, lots of stuff was happening. And this friend, after a couple of months, he said to me, how do you keep at peace? How do you still calm about this stuff? You know, so... That, that freedom that I was experiencing in Christ in the midst of a difficult season was ministering to my friends around me. I didn't even know about it. Obviously, I was 
I wasn't always feeling very calm on the inside, but, but there was still the peace of God with me. So we don't, we don't often grasp how that ministers to those around us. Amen. The evidence, the, the visibility of freedom that is in our lives. Amen. Okay. So there's a testimony, there's a sign to those around us. Maybe those that don't know God, maybe those that are seeking, there's a testimony, there's a sign um, what God has done in our lives. And then there's a very powerful bit here. It says, bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. So they so joyful to be back. They're so joyful to be free. They're singing, they're rejoicing, they're dreaming. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, there's this thing in their heart, but, but there are still people that are still captive. So they're rejoicing, but they're also urgently praying. They're rejoicing because of this freedom that they have now. But they're aware that but, but I have friends and family that are still in Babylon. I believe in a similar way. God wants us to, yes, He wants us to walk in that fullness of freedom for which He set us free. He wants us to walk in that joy that it, it's, nobody can explain. Because that joy is not only in the good times, it's also... In the difficult times. He wants us to walk in that joy. Yes, He wants us to walk in that freedom. But at the same time, I believe He wants to restore in us a passion for those that are not yet free. Amen. A, a revelation that, yes, I have received freedom in Christ. And yes, I have been born again. And yes, I know I have, a, I have eternal life. You know, that the... Um, everything has changed. But at the same time, to know, Lord, but my brother maybe doesn't yet know you. My colleague doesn't. My neighbor, the guy I cycle with, you fill in the gap there. Those that are not yet, those that are still captive. And I believe that's part of the, the joy of freedom is to to realize, God, I want to intercede and I want to engage. I want to see those that are still in bondage also come free. Are you with me this morning? You know, um, and this is, I believe, why they say that people have the, that have been newly saved or newly, you know, just come to know Christ, just starting to follow Jesus, they are the best evangelists. Because it's real and it's new and it's happening right now. And the other amazing thing is you still have a lot of contact and a lot of good friends that are in bondage. and That are good sinners. I mean, proper, proper sinners. <laughs> I remember my friend, my good friend Peter, um, he was studying engineering and he was a proper sinner. Eh? He was good, good at it. In any case, so he... Um, we had one of those outreaches in the in the pubs uh, in Stellenbosch. We used to do it after small group every Wednesday, and we I remember he was born again on one of those Wednesday evenings. He was doing his thing there in the pub, and the guys chatted with him, and his life was turned upside down. 
And he, I think it was about a week or so, he was baptized and he was filled with the Spirit. And two weeks from that day, he came with us um, on that same outreach that we did every Wednesday. And it was so powerful because I remember him, you know, going through, you know, walking with us. And then God would say, Peter, how's that? You know, where have you been? And then he would say, let me tell you <laughs> where I've been. And it was such a powerful moment because his testimony, and I mean, these are the guys that were with him just two weeks ago, and now his life looked completely different. But he had that urgency because he had now found freedom. But he, he recognized that there's so many that are still in that place of bondage. I mean, so there's this invitation for us, and I believe that God wants to impart to us the urgency urgency in our hearts a passion not only to pray but an urgency okay uh, an urgency for us to pray to engage with so in their joy in their in their celebration they had this this dynamic of prayer for those that were still captive and then this beautiful picture of those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who goes continually forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I don't have a lot of time to go into that, but if you are finding yourself in a season of, of weeping, like they had just experienced, this was a long season. It was incredibly tough these years that they spent there and they testifying, they're saying, don't waste the, the season of tears. Keep your heart pure. Keep your heart consecrated to God because out of that season of sowing in tears will come a harvest, will come joy again, will come rejoicing again. But it is possible to waste the tears. It is possible to go through the difficult season with a bitter heart and with a heart that is angry with God. And what we're doing then is we're actually wasting what God, the joy and the restoration that God wants to bring out of that. Amen? So he's saying, keep our, keep our hearts in a, in a place of purity and holiness and consecration so that after that season is finished, we can come rejoicing again. And it also reminds me of us sowing in the gospel, you know, sowing in lives around us, sowing, and, and sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's difficult. Often it's difficult because not everybody receives the seed. Sometimes we get rejected. Often we, people don't like what we're saying when we share what Christ has done. And, you know, sometimes there's weeping part of that as well, but there's a promise of a harvest. There's a promise of a rejoicing. We were chatting about this the other day. Andres mentioned it. He says that the, the, when you think about farming, the only big difference about sowing seed when we farm and when we sow the gospel is that the farmer is very careful about where he sows. He won't sow. You know that parable of the sower? He doesn't, a farmer won't sow on the, on the road. Okay? He won't sow amongst the thorns. He, we won't do that. Be careful with the seed. But with the gospel, we're not careful. We sow it everywhere. We're indiscriminate. We sow 
with the hope that somewhere there will be fruit. Even there, even in the hard ground, even amongst the thistles, we, we trust God. Amen? We keep sowing. Even when it looks doubtful, when there might be no, no fruit, but we keep sowing. That's, that's the big difference. Um, so even when it's tough and even when it's difficult, there's a promise of a harvest. There's a promise of a rejoicing, rejoicing that's coming. Amen. Okay. I just want to close with this scripture from Isaiah 61. Talking about God bringing, you know, bringing what He has prepared for us instead of that captivity. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. So He brings comfort for the brokenhearted. He, and to proclaim captives, um, to proclaim captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against the enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. And this is what Israel was experiencing. They were experiencing joy out of a place of mourning. They were experiencing beauty out of a place of ashes. They were they were experiencing all this new life, um, festive praise instead of despair. And that is what He has prepared for us. Not only has He prepared it for us, but the Spirit of God is upon us to see this happen for those that are still there. Amen? To see it happen for those that are still in bondage. Let's stand this morning. We can pray. Um, yeah, so I, I'm not necessarily going to call everybody forward, but I, I want you just to, there where you are, to respond. And if you sp specifically want to pray about something, or if you know you need to make right with God, if you're not yet sure of your salvation, sure of your relationship with Him, then you need to please come and pray with me afterwards. It will be my privilege to pray with you. But there's a couple of things that I just want us to bring before God. And if the Holy Spirit is, even when we're worshiping before, if He's pointed something out in your heart that where you need to invite Him into, as we were singing that before, or as we, as we were chatting now, if the Holy Spirit has put His finger on something in your heart that you know that thing, in that thing, the enemy still has a foothold in my life and he's stealing from me. And in that little thing, it might be, it might be little, it might be a big thing, it might be a, a new thing, it might be a, an old cycle, it might be a repetitive thing. Whatever it is, if the Holy Spirit has convicted you, I want to really ask you to be bold and to bring it before Him right now, and to invite Him into that place. Um, I mean, let's pray. Lord, I pray, Lord, right now, we thank You for Your Word. Holy Spirit, thank you that you bring conviction, but at the same time, you've given us the way of redemption. Yes, you convict us, but you also point us to Christ, and you say, Jesus has paid it already.
So it's a, it's a bittersweet moment because we, we recognize, Lord, that we need you, Lord. We recognize that we need to walk in the light. We recognize things that some bits and pieces where the enemy still has a hold or maybe still stealing or has an effect, Lord. And this morning, I thank you, Lord, for boldness in every heart, Lord, for us to grab a hold of the provision that you have made through the blood of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, right now that you convict us, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would gently just invite us again to, yeah, to invite you into that place. To open the door and say, come, Lord, come in, please. I need you to heal me in this area. I need you to restore. Lord, I trust you to heal. Maybe there is offense in my heart. Maybe I am carrying unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like a chain that holds me back, to my, binds me to my past. Lord, I pray that you'd show us where we have unforgiveness, where we have held on to things that have caused bitterness to grow, have caused that one maniki that we've left there to grow into a monster, to grow into an army. The enemy wants to cause destruction. Holy Spirit, I pray that you gently come, Lord. You convict now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just where you're standing, won't you just bring that thing before God or the thing that you want to grow in or the thing that you want to be free from right now. Just bring it before him. Thank you, Lord. Our Father, I pray that you would do a miracle in our hearts, Lord. That we would be bold to walk in the light with each of these things that we have in our hearts right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. As eyes are closed, if you're here this morning and you're not sure that you have a relationship with Him, in fact, you're not sure if you have eternal life, and, and right now, yeah, you, you know that you're not right with God, and you, you have a conviction in your heart that right this morning, you want to make right with Him. You want to step into real relationship with Him. You're ready to, for, to repent of your sin. You're ready to turn away from your sin, and you're ready to follow Him as Lord and King. If that's you this morning, as eyes are closed, I want to ask you that you would briefly raise your hand. I would love to pray with you. Is there anybody like that this morning? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, and we pray, Lord, that everything that you've pointed out, everything that you've shown us, Lord, that you give us boldness to walk, truly walk in the light to truly confess before brothers and sisters, to truly, Lord, walk in a place of freedom, Lord, to receive the freedom for which you've died on the cross, Lord. In Jesus' name. You know, if you this morning and, and you know the Holy Spirit has mentioned something, maybe it's something that you haven't even you haven't shared with anybody, I want to ask you to be very bold and, and to maybe turn to a friend or if you want to come to the front and receive prayer, that's, that'll be awesome. 
But if you've been convicted of something and you want to walk in the light this morning, and I want to encourage you to pray with somebody before you go. Amen. So we'll spend a few minutes here still. If, if you need to do business with the Lord and confess something, or you're welcome to come to the front. Somebody will pray with you. But if you're not comfortable to do that, please share with a friend or maybe somebody in your small group. But don't delay it. Amen. <laughs> And say, no, I'll do it next week. Don't do that. The Holy Spirit is, is here right now. Okay. So I'm going to close the service. If you want to go and have some refreshments, do that. If you want to just stay and do business with the Lord, do that. If you want to pray with somebody and bring something in the light, please come to the front. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your ministry into every heart today. And we ask, Lord, that, that we would continue urgently to pursue the freedom for which you've died on the cross, Lord. That we would continue to pursue the full place of health and place of liberty in our relationship with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, make our hearts soft, Lord, that we will not leave stuff unattended, Lord, that we would boldly and in humility walk in the light, God, in Jesus' name. And Lord, keep our hearts burning, for those that are still captive, Lord, in Jesus' name. Even as we go into this week, open our eyes to see every opportunity to pray, to testify, to share what you have done for us, Lord. That it be a sign to everybody around us and that you would draw people unto yourself, even this week, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much. Please come forward if you need prayer. God bless. You're welcome to join us tonight again. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 12 362 1363. Email us pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website www.shofaronline.org or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.